You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Acts chapter 27. Here we have an account of where Paul had been arrested and they thought he was just a Jew and they wanted to trial him as a Jew and then he called on his Roman citizenship. He said, you don't understand who you're talking to. And uh, they had laws and customs there that if you felt that you were being misjudged or mis, if, if it was just a Jewish person, they didn't care because of the Roman racism. And so they would have just thrown them in prison or whatever, executed them. But if you're a Roman citizen, you had higher status. And so Paul called on that. He says, I am actually a Roman citizen. They backed off that. Whoa, <laughs> we, we just, you know, they, they, their racism was exposed at that point. And so Paul said, well, then let me use that. Then if you want to treat me this way, then I choose, I want an appointment. I want a hearing with Caesar himself. And every Roman citizen had a right that if they felt they were being abused by the Roman system, they could go speak to Caesar personally. And so Paul said, that's what I'm doing now. You, you pushed this far enough, let's take it all away. I want to go see Caesar. And so now they're on their trip and they're, getting, they're about to go onto a ship to go there. And you pick up here in Acts chapter 27, verse 7. And when we had sailed slowly for many days and arrived with difficulty of Guinness. Anyone that tells me what that says, I know they're guessing. <laughs> and the wind not permitting us to proceed, we sailed under the shelter of Crete of Salmon. So you get the idea, there's a storm brewing up here. These things are starting to get tough, the wind's blowing contrary to them. And he says here, verse 8, passing it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near the city of Lassie. Now, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Everybody say, perceive. Notice he didn't say, God told me. He didn't say, I heard from God. He said, I perceive. And if you carry on reading, you'll notice there was a storm. Now, how did Paul know there would be a storm coming? Well, it's evident from what we've been studying and what Jesus said and everything that the Word of God, after this is now part eight, we've been through seven parts and looking at various scriptures, we recognize that God is leading us all the time. The Holy Spirit is going to show us our future. Jesus said when He comes, He will show you things to come. Now, how do we hear that? And very often people, when they hear, you can hear from God or you hear somebody saying, God said or God told me. We get this idea that we'd somehow we're going to hear something audible in our ears. Now, you know God can speak that way. And there are accounts where people, has done, where, where people have experienced that. I remember, Samuel heard it as clear as if Eli was calling from the next room. 
And so when he went to Eli and said, yes, here I am. That's how clear it was audible to Samuel. But Eli didn't hear that, even though Samuel did. So evidently it wasn't in the airwaves that Samuel heard that. So Eli realized by the third time, hang on, this is God. When next time that happens, say, God, I'm listening. And that's the key. When God is speaking, you need to be ready by faith and say, God, I'm listening. What are you saying to me? Now, here's the thing. That audible voice, very few Christians hear that, if ever. So what is it that we're going to hear? And we learn from the Word of God that the Holy Spirit is leading us. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God and talks about the peace of God ruling in our hearts. Say this, I am a spirit. I live in a body. I have a soul. That's my mind, my will, and emotions. So me, the spirit man, has a heart. And God leads me from within my heart. He leads me with an unction, with perception, with peace, with a leading, a guidance. When I sense a velvet-like feeling, a yes, an inward witness, an intuition a hunch, then I know it's God leading me. If I sense grittiness, a sense of loss, maybe even grief, then I know that's a no. It's my spirit speaking to me. See, God breathes within you, but it's your spirit that's the lamp of the Lord that searches out the heart and then your spirit knows what that is and that's your heart that senses that and then you as a person, you the spirit senses what your heart is sensing. Your heart speaks as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so by the time you're aware in your mind of what God is saying, it is the Father who has released the word Jesus through the Holy Spirit, who's living within you, that has let your spirit man know what you need to know, and your heart hears that, and then your heart speaks in a way that's an inward witness and intuition. Like Paul said, I perceive. You not say, I heard. I perceive. In other words, he's sensing loss. He's sensing damage. He's sensing grief, a loss of life. And he realizes, hang on, this is the Holy Spirit getting to my attention. We're going to run into trouble. And so I want us to be aware of that. So as you're listening for God's voice, it's very, very important that we understand how that works. The way that I do it, if I look at it from a practical perspective, if I have a decision to make, the way I like to think of it is like you're at a crossroad and there's a left and there's a right. And one of those roads is going to lead to destruction, to harm, to loss. You may be fired. The job may, uh, may end up uh, being um, uh, retrenched. You know, the company closes down, whatever. You may lose that investment. Uh, maybe that car you buy has actually got a defect in it. It's going to break in a while. You know, things, that's the wrong person. That, if you marry that person, you're going to have a lifetime of worries. You know you don't want to go down that road. And so that's, that road is going to lead to destruction. The other road 
is the road to success. There you're going to be blessed and everything's going to work out and you're not even going to have to think about it. It's just going to be like smooth sailing. Everything, you do the right thing, make the right choices, make the right decisions, it works. So how do you decide which way to go? And so the best way I find to do that is by praying in the Spirit as you do that. You are worshiping God and you're entering into the throne of grace for grace to help in a time of need. That's the place of peace. That's where the joy of the Lord is my strength. And you enter until you have absolute peace and all fear is removed, all worries are removed, all concerns. It's just you and God. And then what I will do is I play it in my mind. I imagine going down one of those roads. Decision A or decision B. And as you do that, if you start imagining yourself picking up the phone, signing that deal, talking to that person, asking that one to marry you, uh, imagine you play your way down that. And if all of a sudden there's that check, that no, that whoa, stop, don't do this, then what I'll do is I'll pull back, begin to worship God and praise Him and honor Him till I'm back. I don't want that loss. I don't want that. Then you go down the other road. You see yourself doing this, and even though everybody tells you that's not the way to go, and you know don't don't do that, and and anybody that knows anything knows that's a bad decision, but everything in you says yes. Everything it's it's like when when the, when when Agabus had his daughters that prophesied. Remember, when the prophet came, Agabus, and then tied uh, the the belt around Paul's hands. The one who wears this belt will be arrested just the same way. And, but Paul already knew God had led him to go. So that didn't stop him. So even if someone says, no, don't do this, you're going to make a decision. No, God says, go ahead. And so I'm going to still go. There's this peace. There's this, there's this rest. There's this velvet. There's a, there's a yes to this. Then you know that's the right direction. And so... That'll be one of the leadings, but how you know your flesh can want something so badly that you just go, yes, the moment you think about it. Uh, no, but what I'm going to do is I'll need to then back off, and I say, Lord, you always said by the mouth of two or three witnesses you establish the truth. And I'm asking you to reveal to me. And now I'm not waiting for a prophet. I'm not waiting for a camel to walk through the door. I'm not going to use fleeces. Those are all natural ways that the devil can manipulate. I'm trusting God to speak to me in a way that is clear and I will understand. And when it happens, as God speaks, it can happen in various different ways. And uh, you just trust God and it will happen. And you've got to be very cautious. I've heard some weird tricks come up. People will say, you know, I just, I just flipped my Bible open and put my finger down and it came on a scripture and God said, I must do this. Just be careful with that. You know, because, you know, there was the guy who was doing that. He thought he heard that. He heard some other Christian did it. So he's going to do that. Lord, I need a word. And he flipped over and he put his finger down. Bang. And he looked at it and said, and Judas went and hung himself. <laughs> he thinks, okay, that must have been a mistake. So he decided, let me go and flip a little more. So he flips and he says, Lord, show me. And he puts his finger down. Bang. He looks and says, go thou and do likewise. Okay, this is not working. <laughs> so you understand what I'm saying? That, that's not how God talks to us. Now, it may be that as you are reading, I've had it happen. I'm just reading, minding my own business, so to speak, just reading. And the next moment, a verse, boom, comes out at you. 
like Jesus, as I'm reading, he's, I heard it audibly in my spirit. He was very emphatic on a scripture. And then I would go back and read that again. And then I saw, hang on, he's saying something to me through that. That is the way God can do it. And so those, God will, by the time you know that you should, if, if someone's still saying, I think God is saying, no, then you don't know yet. Uh, it shouldn't be, I wonder, if, I think I've heard God. Maybe I think I heard, should it be? Yes, I think God, yes, it must be, let me go. That is a mistake. You want to know that you know that you know. I could not talk you out of, you came to me and said, I sense, I perceive, use all the right words. God's leading me in this direction. And I'm able to use an argument, and then you go, hmm, maybe not. Then I haven't reached that place. When someone has reached a point of knowing what God has said, you will not be able to talk them out of it. Very, very important. Amen? Say this, my inward man, my spirit, brings me a knowing and intuition a conscience, a hunch. Say, all of this is my spirit communicating with me. Now, look at 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. If our heart condemns us, greater God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. Now let me ask you, what is the scripture saying? Who's doing the condemning? Is God condemning you? God doesn't condemn you when you sin. Why? Because He's already condemned Jesus. Jesus bore all your sin. And if He bore all your sin, there's no sin left in you for, him, for God still to condemn you on. If God condemned Jesus for sin and then condemns you, He's condemning twice. So it's not God condemning you for sin. Jesus bore your sin. Say that. Jesus bore all my sin. So God is not condemning me when I sin. So then how come I feel bad when I sin? Is that God? We just read it yeah. God does not condemn you for your sin. So then what is it? Why am I feeling bad? Is it just a moral reaction? No, notice it says, if our heart condemns us. What's your heart? That is the inward part of your spirit man. That's your inner man. So when anybody sins and then has a conscience, feels bad about sinning, that is a spiritual reaction. It is your spirit Speaking, you are hearing your spirit man. How many of us have ever sinned? Let me just see your hand quick. Now, if you didn't put your hand up, now's the time because there you just clicked on another one. Let's just raise your hand. Say, I have sinned. I know I have. 
Thank God I'm forgiven. Now, when you sinned, how did you feel? You felt bad. Isn't that right? Is that gnarly, that grit. Now that is your spirit speaking. Say this, when I sinned, my own heart condemned me, not God. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, there is therefore now, how much? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. How many are you in Christ Jesus? Say, thank God I'm in Christ Jesus. And according to Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation. Say this, God does not condemn me because he already condemned Jesus. Say this, I know when I sin. Say, I know when I sin. It's I experience a spirit reaction. I'm hearing the voice of my spirit. So now you know what it feels like when you sin. Now usually when you're about to make a bad decision, a wrong decision, you will feel a similar experience. It's not that you've sinned, but it feels like you're about to. Is this helping? More of us, see, we've all sinned. We all know what that feels like. So I'm using that as the method to make it clearer. So when I'm about to make a wrong decision, there'll be that unrest, that feeling of condemnation. But I know God doesn't condemn me. So this is my spirit stopping me. See, that's why it says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the Spirit expressly says, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1, the Spirit expressly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, we looked at that last week. Remember, the searing is the same as if you brand a cow, for example. It's that hot iron on flesh that causes that flesh to lose its sensitivity. It develops a callousness. And here we see Paul warning Timothy that if someone continues in sin, they are actually stopping, they're searing their conscience. They're making their conscience less sensitive. So the point I'm making, this is vitally important, as we've studied and we've learned and looked how important and how we hear God's voice and how that voice sounds and how He can lead us, is if we don't look at this, and I know a lot, it's not very popular to talk about sin today in a lot of churches. But Jesus did talk about it. And Paul addressed it. Because if we don't address it, and we think, you know, it's all just by grace. It really doesn't matter what I do. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still forgiven. And it's not based on my actions. Yes, your salvation is not based on your actions. For by grace you saved, how? By faith, not because of works. So no man can boast. 
So you understand you can't work your way to salvation. It's only the blood of Jesus that can get you saved. And if you saved and you're born again, you're going to heaven based on one thing only, and that's the blood of Jesus. But before you get there, we have to live a life where there's a devil out trying to kill you. There's a devil trying to take us down. And I don't want to be caught unawares. I want to live this life the way Jesus said I can live it. And that's to live it abundantly within the provision of God's life today. And to do that, I need to be hearing his voice all the time. And sin will stop my ability to be able to hear God's voice. Say the sin will hinder my ability to hear the voice of God. See, here's the thing. If I'm looking for guidance, and if I've sinned, and I know I've sinned, and I haven't dealt with it, what's going to bug me? My conscience. We just read that. So now, if I'm going to God for guidance, I'm not going to be able to hear His guidance because the first issue that's going to be dealt with is that sin. That sin is in my mind. Notice he says here, when we don't have that conscience, when we don't, when our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. So I go to God and say, Father, I need an answer. But that sin will stop me. I don't have confidence. That's why we think, we, I don't know if I can go talk to God because I've just done something wrong. No, your first point of call is to settle that before God. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, If you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of unrighteousness. See, it's that unrighteousness that we're trying to get cleansed of here. Listen to what it says in 1 John chapter 5 verse 16. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin. Now, if anyone sees his brother, how many of you know, how many of you know we're talking about two Christians here? People have the idea that any message of sin is only for the world. No, it's for the church as well. Yeah, John is addressing your brother. If anyone sees his brother, say, this is my brother. This is another Christian. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and God will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is a sin leading to death. I do not say that you should pray about that. Now, we talk about how to hear the voice of God, so I don't have time to teach on the whole concept of sin and how sin, what is sin that leads to death. But if you want to go and study it in your own time, just write these scriptures down. Uh, I'm going to need to go quickly for time's sake. It would have been on the board, but they can't do that for me now. But just write this down. James chapter 1, verse 15. James 5, verse 19 to 20. Hebrews 6. Verse 4 to 6, and Hebrews 10, verse 26 to 27. And that teaches that a believer can make a decision to sin and reject God's forgiveness, that it is possible to reach a place where it talks about the unpardonable sin. That once once committed that, Jesus cannot be crucified a second time. It's already done, and that blood has been now rejected, trampled underfoot. Then there's no other option for salvation. And that person then reaches a point of totally rejected God. There's no ways back to be saved again. Now someone, I know in Christians first year that 
sometimes getting to condemnation, to fear, oh dear, what if I've committed that sin, the unpardonable sin? The fact that you're thinking that means you haven't because your conscience is still speaking. If you're sitting in church or you're listening to this message, you have not committed the unpardonable sin because someone that has won't even want to go to church. They, they don't, they, listen to this TD, never. Are you with me? That, if you, the fact that you're listening to this message, watching it on TV, sitting in the building, then you haven't committed it. So I just wanted to settle that. That's what Paul's addressing here. But the point I'm making is that it is possible for us to sin, and it must be addressed so we can come back to life. Everybody say life. So 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Look at verse 17. All unrighteousness, 1 John 5. 1 John 5, verse 17. All unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin not leading to death. There is sin not leading to death. Now that sin that results in unrighteousness, if we confess it, God is faithful and just to forgive us. That's good news. So if I know I've sinned, don't wait. Oh, I don't know, God. I don't know. Why? Because I've got things to pray for. I've got things to stand in faith for. I need to know what's happening tomorrow. I need guidance. I need wisdom. I need to hear God. I need to be sensitive to Him. If I get in my car, should I even be driving today? I want to be sensitive to that. So if I ever sin, I'm the f- I'll step up to the plane and say, Father, right there, what well, that, that was sin. I see it, I identify it, and I thank you. I receive your forgiveness. And God is faithful and just to forgive you. But now what about if I sin and I don't know I sinned? I, I, I did something to you. I looked sideways. I said something, and I didn't even know I sinned. I just, I just went on. I did not know I sinned. But it was a sin. Is that covered? Yes. Have a look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from? From? How much? All sin. Listen to what it's saying. If we walk in the light. In other words, if I'm convinced I haven't sinned, even if I have sinned, but I don't know it. The blood of Jesus automatically cleanses me. Oh, is that good news? Come on, give Jesus praise. There, family of God, don't let the devil ever put you under condemnation. You don't ever have to sit there. I wonder if I, I'm not hearing God. Maybe I sinned. Maybe No, you just plead the blood of Jesus. Yeah, there it is. You just, the blood of Jesus has cleansed us from all sin. If you're ever sitting there wondering if you've sinned or not, just quote that verse and say, Father, I plead the blood of Jesus. I'm choosing to walk in the light. And so I know I'm cleansed of all sin. There's there's a a thinking out there that you have to say, please reveal to me what I've done wrong so then I can confess it. You don't have to. You don't need to sit with a counselor to look at the sins of your fathers and the sins of your background. And maybe when you were five, you did something. And maybe that's why it's still your problem today. 
You do not have to do that. You don't have to know that your great-great-uncle was a witch doctor. And you don't have to know that that one was a fortune teller. And that you don't have to know that they were... There's a whole thing about deliverance. You've got to go back. Because sometimes they pull up stuff that I think not even there. But the devil wants to put condemnation in us. No, you just plead the blood of Jesus. Boom! That settles it right there. Nothing is more powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ. And he says, on that basis, you're forgiven of all sin. Yeah, but what about that? And you don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't need to know. He does. He died knowing it. And he's the only one needs And if he has an issue with me on something, he'll bring it to my attention. If I'm doing something consistently that's messing my life up, the Holy Spirit will point that out. That, that, there, there, there. What you're doing there is messing your life up. And to you, it may not even be a sin. But for me, he says, no. You need to get that out of your life. That's happened to me. So I don't stand up and say, from now on, this is a sin. No, it was for me. But he will bring it to your attention and bring it to your memory. Amen. But of course, if you know you've sinned, that's what will condemn us. So that's why he's given us the ability to confess that. And the moment you do, same story. The moment you've confessed it, the blood of Jesus has settled it. Don't let the devil ever bring it up again. If the devil brings it up a second time, in your mind, like, yeah, but did you confess enough? I only need to confess once. Now go talk to my lawyer. I have an intercessor. Of an advocate. Amen. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. What is the good treasure of your heart? That would be the word of God that you've written down there with the pen of a ready writer. A word you've written into your heart, you bring out of your heart, but an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart will bring forth evil. Now, how do we bring forth this treasure? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If your mouth can say it, it's in your heart, which means that seed is growing. That's why it's important we don't joke about things like sickness and death and poverty and, and lack. Those are things I don't joke about because my spirit man doesn't know I'm joking even if I laughed. Because if that, if I, if that can come off my mouth, it's in my heart. It's busy producing and I don't want that tree to grow up and produce that thing in my future. So if something pops out of my mouth, I realize that is fruit of a tree I don't want in there. Then I go before God and say, Father, what I just said there, that is contrary to your word. Take that tree out, please. I ask you to root it out. And the Father says, God will uproot that tree. He'll take it out of you so it doesn't produce fruit anymore. And then I take the truth of God's word and I write that into my heart. And by putting the truth of God's word in my heart, then out of the abundance of my heart, now my mouth speaks the truth. I'm not lying in a hypocrisy. See, if, if I say anything contrary to God's word, it's a lie. Does that make sense? If he says, by Jesus' stripes I'm healed, that settles it. I am healed. 
and, I've, and whatever I want in my future, you write it down. Family of God, you've got to get a hold of this. If you want anything to come out of your life, if you want to hear God's wisdom, God's guidance, God's direction, you want the rich treasures of His Word in your mouth, in your heart, that as you speak. Remember Mark chapter 4, verse 24, Jesus said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it'll be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. He said, take heed what you hear. Watch out what you're listening to. If we're listening to all these bad programs and bad things and what bad people are saying, listening to all. I, 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 did, I, I had to check myself. In the early days when I first started out, I wanted to go and listen to all you know, these people who took, talk about this and anti-faith and anti-healing and anti-prosperity. And I would go listen for the idea of being able to teach against it. And I found out that stuff was starting to get into me. And I only had to listen to something once, and it might have been a 10-minute message from somebody that didn't know the Bible. I'm sitting there going, well, then what about this scripture? What about that scripture? What about this scripture? It only took 10 minutes. But it took me like two months to get that junk out of my heart. I had to go back to the Word and renew my mind, and I just made a decision. I do not want to spend that amount of time on just getting junk out. So I don't need to hear... Someone says, have you heard so-and-so says? There's nothing new under the sun. There's no one that's going to come say, have you heard? They're saying this about the word of faith now. That's not new. I'm going to go, what? I've never heard that one before. No, I know Paul preached that message. The word of God is what brings faith to your heart. And so I'm confident in that faith. And so what I do, I spend my time in the word of God. I take heed what I hear. Watch out what you're listening to. You don't want every, just, that's ah, just entertainment. This is just, I don't believe that stuff. It's just, no, it's seed going down. So make sure that we don't do that. Say amen. Remember Jesus said in John 8 verse 31, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth you know. Remember the word of God is seed. Mark chapter 4 verse 14 to 15. The sower sows the word and where is it sown? In the heart. Say that my heart is the soil that receives the word of God. Luke chapter 8 verse 11. The word of God is Seed. In fact, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. God's word is incorruptible seed. What's incorruptible seed mean? Well, corruptible seed is if you took some seed and you planted it and you watered it, if something bad came along, some poison or whatever, it could destroy that seed. That seed can't produce anymore. But God's word is incorruptible seed. If that seed is sown, that's why I speak to people, even if they say, I don't believe that, I don't agree with that. I, don't, I, I always tell them, I keep putting, dropping seeds, dropping seed, dropping seed, because I know the fact that you've heard it, nothing can destroy it. Satan can try and steal it from you. He can steal the fruit of it, but that seed lives and abides forever and and when I intercede, I water that seed. 
And I believe even if it takes five years, ten years, somewhere along the line, that seed's going to sprout and grow, and you're going to give your life to Jesus. So I'll keep watering it, and I'll keep planting it. Now, the same way, when you take the Word of God, and you put it in your heart, it will produce. You will produce. You've heard the seed on healing. Keep speaking it. You've heard the word of God's provision. Keep speaking it. You heard the word of God's protection. Keep speaking it. And the more you speak it, it grows into a tree and produces the fruit. And that we do every day. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed. How often? How often? Day to day. How often should we read the word? Day to day. Why? Because I'm making sure I'm keeping my spirit sensitive to hearing God's voice. Psalm chapter 37, verse 23. As we wrap up this series, listen to this. Psalm 37, verse 23. The steps of a good man, a righteous man, Someone who's settled the issue of sin. Someone who's chosen to walk in the light. Someone who's trusting God, who's put the good treasure of God's word in his heart. Uh, steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Family, get a hold of this. If you do everything that I have described over the last eight weeks, you can hear God for specific direction. And you walk led by the Spirit. You don't have to hear everything. Because God is directing your steps. And it's like you're on autopilot for success. Come on, give Jesus praise. You got to get this. You're on autopilot. He'll lead you. Remember Elijah with the widow woman of Zarephath? Didn't God say to Elijah, I have commanded a widow to feed you? When he gets there, she hasn't heard anything. Why? Because he says, get me water. She says, okay. Why? She's been led by God. She doesn't know it. She's on autopilot. And God's brought this man into her life. And he says, get me something to eat. Boom, she stops. If she had heard from God, she would have just gone ahead and got it. Come on. But he was directing her path. She brought a man of God into her life to keep her flowing. Keep going. We're going towards your harvest yeah. And because she listened to the man, God directed her path. Come on, you got to get a hold of this. Amen. Remember Abraham? When he went to, uh, he commanded his servant to go and find a wife for Isaac. And he got to the, the well. And there were a bunch of Woman, all feeding the different. And he says, now, uh, which one's Isaac's wife? So he says, Lord, this is what I'm asking you to do. I'm going to ask any one of these women to
to feed, to, to give me some water. And then if she says, I'll give you water and I'll water your camels. Now you've got to understand, camels drink a lot of water. So it's going to be, a, anyone would say, no, I'm not, I'll give you water, but you feed your own camels. It says, if she says, I'll give you water, but I'll also water your camels. That's Isaac's wife. And Vrachis. He goes to Rebecca and says, can I have some water? And she says, yes, sir. And I'll feed your camels water. See, God directed that. The steps, of a ordered, uh, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Family, you trust God this way, you'll have His direction every day without even knowing it. You just walk, be listening, be walking, trusting God, and He'll direct your path. Hallelujah. Come with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. This is a scripture I confess over my life every day. Secondly, I want you to know, I pray this over your life every day. So first I pray it in my life, and then as a prophet of God who's prayed this, I then confess it onto your life. So now you have the Word of God speaking. You have the prophet in your life, your man of God speaking. All that's left for you to do is say, I receive that, and then you confess this every day, as the third person, saying, now you put yourself into the first person, say, this has been spoken by God to His Word, in His Word. My pastors prayed this over my life. I receive it. Now I confess it. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Everybody there? Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Read. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may, be, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Lift your hand and say, I receive that. I believe. I am filled with the knowledge of God's will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that my walk may be worthy of God, fully pleasing Him. I am fruitful in every good work as I increase in the knowledge of God. Family, you are filled with His presence. And having confessed that, you are now filled with the wisdom of God. Walk uprightly, trust Him, allow Him to lead you, and He will lead you to His best life that He's designed for you to enjoy until the day you leave this earth and live in His presence for eternity. Come on, let's give Jesus praise and glory. Let's stand together. Place your hand on your heart and say this. Today I have heard the word of God. That word brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. 
as a hearer of God's word, I am also a doer from this day on. I hear the voice of God and I know He leads me by my conscience, by that inward man. I am led by the Spirit of God. And as I walk accurately, I know the blood of Jesus has forgiven me of all sin. And as such, I am a righteous man. And as a righteous man, my steps are ordered of the Lord. He is directing me in His perfect will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.